Welcome to Living Goddess with Shamali God Arda. Listen in for goddess mythology, wisdom teachings, and intimate sharings from her daily practice and contemplations. Shamali illuminates the Shakti keys stitched into the fabric of our daily lives and inspires us to reclaim a pulsating intimacy with Source and revive our spiritual lineage rooted in the living goddess. Welcome. Welcome to Living Goddess Podcast. I am your host, Shamli God Arda. I sit here with my heart so full of uh, gratitude that you are here and that we are uh, embarking on this uh, journey together, sniffing out the breadcrumbs that the wisdom keepers have left for us, all those beings that have felt and heard the call of the goddess, just like you and I. My intention for this uh, podcast is to have a, a garden where we can hang out and explore reflect out loud how the path is living through us. It's so easy that God is, becomes this lofty ideal that we compare ourselves with and some high and mighty quality that we one day will be worthy of or, or achieve or arrive at. And um, my experience of this path after exploring it more than 30 years now is that goddess is uh, found in an intimacy that she's breathing me right now she is uh, beating your heart right now she's the one speaking she's the one listening and of course this can sound poetic but if we really take that in to consideration and take it in to our practice, it can be quite confronting because, of course, we then are faced with all the narratives and beliefs we carry around our own worthiness and unworthiness, just the way we are holding our own uh, contractions and imperfections, and how easy it is that we divide reality into what is holy and what is not. These are consequences and aftermaths of living in a patriarchal society. <laughs> we all have internalized these beliefs. And uh, in one way, the goddess path is a, it's a big old uh, um, reprogramming, uh, recovering uh, path <laughs> where um, our work is, is to become very honest with a lot of compassion for ourselves as we uh, travel deeper into this intimacy without rejecting parts of ourselves. In so many goddess myths, we, we see how the goddess is devouring the unwanted, that the demons, she's eating them with great gusto and joy because she knows that there is no outside of her. There is no energy to get rid of that uh, she is alchemy and that uh, every part of ourselves that is brought into consciousness, brought into 
to love and acceptance uh, transforms and becomes medicine and it becomes part of our light and our power and our vitality. Even if we in, create this uh, glittery, nice spiritual persona, if it is built upon the rejection of parts of ourselves, even no matter how successful it, it can look and feel, it will intrinsically cause a suffering because suffering is the fruit of separation. The goddess is totality. She is wholeness. So in my experience, the path is a path of weaving and weaving, weaving, weaving all the exile parts back into, back into union, which is her very heart, very center, where we are um, initiated and embraced back into belonging, into um, perhaps not such a pretty and orderly uh, spirituality or life or sense of self, uh, but we are aligning ourselves with how everything in the universe uh, exists, moves and grows and dies. All is being offered into this giant cosmic compost pile that keeps growing this miracle that we call life. So I want to start closing, start in this intimacy that is my path and share it with you. I also want to speak to other sisters on the path. I really hope to hear from you and questions, sharings from you. And in this way, we can, uh, yeah, become more awake to the tapestry that we are and our unique thread in it. So I want to start closing. <laughs> David White has written a poem that I would like to read to you. Start, close in. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing. Close in. The step you don't want to take. Start with the ground you know, the pale ground beneath your feet your own way to begin the conversation. Start with your own question. Give up on other people's questions. Don't let them smother something simple. To hear another's voice, follow your own voice. Wait until that voice becomes an intimate private ear that can really listen to another. Start right now. Take a small step you can call your own. Don't follow someone else's heroics. Be humble and focused. Start close in. Don't mistake that other for your own. Start close in. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing. Close in. The step you don't want to take. So my first step here. What is uh, alive for me in this moment is, um, is a quality of receptivity that I am exploring in my inner realm. 
for me, receptivity is pointing to the same qualities and movement, one can say, as the word surrender. Receptivity is a, is a unclenching. I oftentimes speak about the goddess path as an unclenching, that all our practices, our, our awareness, our prayers brings the heat of awareness and, and compassion into the places that have become frozen and stale, layers of protections, ways that we have learned to navigate in this world that hinders us to, to receive the intelligence of goddess that makes us believe that we are separate from her and that there is a long journey. Uh, we have to walk to find her again. But here she is, closer than your own breath. And uh, like I have spoken about before, <laughs> earlier, our practice is not to push away the protections. You know, the more we push against them, the more we judge them, the more we criticize them, of course, the more they will push back. The body is pure intelligence and it is doing what it can to protect you, to protect me. So the unclenching, sometimes I speak about the goddess practice as the release of a tight fist. The unclenching allows us to to receive. In one way, our spiritual practices, our preparations, it's just that we are doing our part, our part, to take care of this surface reality so that we can receive her more and more into our body, into our thought realms, into our feeling realms, into our nervous system so that she becomes more than just a belief or a lofty ideal. She becomes a lived moment-to-moment -moment experience, which includes the full spectrum of expressions that we call life. The goddess, she is a cycle. And when we speak about life, we cannot separate from that from death. There's a beautiful passage in one of the Hindu scriptures that speak about that everything is food. Everything is food from, for something else. And this is, brings us into to a more raw and uh, all-encompassing understanding of God as not only as a nice, a pretty facade, but as the, as the oftentimes brutal and beautiful and splendorous cycle of death, life, death, life, death, life. One major way that we keep ourselves distant from her is our fear of death, our fear of, of that part of her. And this is again not something we personally have chosen, this is something that we have been shaped into one of the symptoms of the patriarchal system is that 
human, the human race, we have placed ourselves somehow in a parallel track to the rest of the cycle of life, as if we are exempt from our destiny, as if we are exempt from being food for something else, as if this whole reality is just created for as food for us. <laughs> and of course, that uh, leads to many, many serious consequences that we are living in right now, in this time where we see that we are harming the very mother who, are, who is feeding us, Mother Earth. And it also results in an intrinsic disconnection, a sense of disconnection from, from our primordial belonging in her, as her. And then we have to begin to believe in her instead. <laughs> so this receptivity is, uh, is this kind of uh, unclenching. It can be a feeling of a free fall. It's like a letting go of the shore of the known, of the patterns and definitions that I have called myself and the doing and activity and the, the kind of the safety and the illusion of control in that realm. The goddess path invites us to, to unclench and, and somehow ah, risk that there is something holding us deeper than all the effort, that we are part of a momentum which is not in any way passive. We may associate surrender with uh, with giving up or as if you surrender into, if I'm not doing anything, then nothing will happen, <laughs> which is you know, an arrogance I recognize in my own belief system. Because of course, what I am surrendering to when I unclench is I'm surrendering to the life-death, life-death cycle the power movement of evolution, which is creating all things, you know, which is creating the leaves on the trees that is growing the hair on my head, which is moving the planets right now in this very moment, moves the whales at the depth of the ocean from one side of the planet to another. And in one way, this this opportunity that we have to, to surrender into this flow is intrinsically fulfilling, no matter what the outcome of that kind of momentum, where it will lead us, where it will bring us. It's instantly successful because we are falling into our place in the great story of life. And of course, in that process, we will meet mistrust, we will meet doubt, we will meet fear, we will meet disappointment and, and memories of all the ways that we have been betrayed. We will meet our own attachment to certain ways of doing things that seems like they are working so well for us. And this is why I keep mentioning compassion as one of the you know, those are one of the main keys on this path is compassion, not as a f nice feeling to have sometimes. Compassion is again something we, we receive. We allow compassion to flow through us into those achy, stale, contracted, frozen aspects of ourselves. And 
I would love to bring in a, a story. I'm not going to tell the whole story. There's a, it's a story that I'd first heard from uh, Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes, which is one of our great elders and maestras on this path. story is, uh, is about Vasalisa and her meeting with Baba Yaga. The story is about this little girl going into the deep, thick forest, uh, searching for the light, the hearth in her family home has uh, gone out, the flame has gone out, and her stepmother and her two stepsisters are starving and everybody's uh, are, they are cold at home and she's sent out into the forest to retrieve the light she's been told that deep in the forest there is a witch a woman that will give her the light so li little uh, vasalisa walks into the forest into the dark and it is said that she's carrying a little doll in her pocket and this doll was given to her by her mother before she died and her mother instructed her and told her that if she ever felt lost on the path in life she should just ask the doll for advice and guidance and of course in in our goddess path the this doll is the that primordial connection to Divine Mother that we all carry with us and that it's so easy, you know, in our training to overlook because we have learned to look for these answers outside ourselves. When Vasalisa come to Baba Yaga, she meets a very terrifying old uh, witch who is not friendly, not welcoming. And this uh, Baba, Baba Yaga is challenging Vasalisa in many different ways. Maybe one day I will tell you this whole story. <laughs> it's a very, very rich and wonderful story. Here's a little teaser. But at one point, uh, the Baba Yaga agrees to give her the light, to, to light uh, the torch she's carrying on uh, one condition. And that is that she has to uh, clean the entire home of Baba Yaga. And the little girl, she looks around her, and, uh, around the house, and she sees it's very, 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 very messy and dirty. And Baba Yaga says that she has to do, she has to clean this house uh, during the time that Baba Yaga is out doing her errands. So she has one night to clean the whole house. And Vasalisa, she is disencouraged and uh, she gets all pale. And Baba Yaga leaves the house and she stands there shivering. And then she she starts to, uh, just in her fear of uh, doubt if she's ever going to make this happen, she starts to feel a little tremor in her pocket and it's the doll. 
And she remembers, oh, let me ask the doll. <laughs> and the doll is there and she says, go to sleep. I will do this for you. And the little girl, she, she decides to trust this, even though she feels doubt. And the next morning she wakes up by the Baba Yoga arriving back home. And she wakes up in fear because she hasn't done anything. And she looks around her uh, the room and everything is sparkling clean. Now can I have the light? Look how clean it is. Can I have the, the light? But Baba Yaga is not pleased and she gives her another challenge. And she tells her, yes, I'm going to give you the light. If you can uh, sift through and uh, separate these piles. So she, there's one big, big pile of seeds and wheat. Wheat is wheat and kernels. So it's husk around the seeds. And she says, I want you to separate the husk from the seeds into two piles. And this, these are very, very, very tall piles, much taller than Vasalisa herself. And she looks at it. And when Baba Yaga says that this has to be done during one night when I go out and doing my things, and she leaves again. Now Vasilisa is, is terrified because not only will she not get the light, but Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga even threatened her, has threatened her and says that if you don't, if you make it happen, I will give you the light. If you don't, I will kill and eat you. <laughs> and again she feels the tremor in her pocket the little doll says hey let me do it for you just go to sleep I will do it for you and Vasilisa trusts surrenders and she goes to sleep she wakes up with a the wind coming into the window and the witch is flying in. And uh, she looks over and she sees two very perfectly divided piles. And the Baba Yaga and Vasilisa, they, goes a few, they go a few rounds like this, but it all ends up with uh, Vasilisa running from the house with the light in her hand and bringing that back to the village. Uh, she returns as an initiated young woman has found the light through these challenges. Now, what I want to point out here is, let me do it for you. Let me do it for you. Let love do it for you. Let love do it. It's so easy, even in our Goddess path, to get busy in our 
even you know, in a good practice, in our fixing ourselves, in our exploring ourselves, in our healing work, in our unclenching, in our un- melting frozen parts. Like I said, our practice is to prepare ourselves, like we are doing our parts, but they come to the, we come to a, an edge, place in our path where it shifts, where we also we, we have to cultivate this capacity to receive. Yeah. And that's where it's this sense of free fall. That's where we will, you know, meet meet our fears and meet even we will meet our mistrust. Like I shared with you before, that I have been on this walking this path for more than 30 years. And when I reach these places, you know, then I also meet parts of myself, very, very young parts of myself that learned very early to uh, to buckle up and play the game and adapt and adjust into my surroundings so that I could be safe. A lot of my persona was built upon the belief that I have to do it right. Yeah, I have to do it good. So when I reach these edges in my path, uh, that's where also these parts can be met and healed. And many of these parts are not, you know, had not been included in the identity that I call myself, how I define myself. Even as a as a good goddess practitioner, wouldn't uh, include doubt or mistrust of the goddess. You know, my my surface identity is that I, and the identity I live by is that I trust the goddess. Of course, my whole life is dedicated to her. But nevertheless, when we bring compassion and honesty, we will, if we are lucky, be able to meet these parts of ourselves that are operating in the shadows, underneath the surface, that are not part of our conscious identity. And then again, we can weave them back into our wholeness. And then we are met with this invitation, let me do it, let love do it. And we begin to see that at this, at this depth of our being, of our awakening journey, we cannot do it any longer. We begin to see that the longing that I have for God is, is, is merging with a longing that is coming from deep within, which is a longing for me. There's her longing for me. Her longing is calling all of these exile parts back home to her. And love is what heals. Love is what makes this process possible. Love is not something we do. Love is our own being trickling through us as we are have more and more space in our bodies, in our sense of self, less s- solid identi- 
vacation with our different beliefs and preferences. There is more spaciousness. And that is the result of our practices. We are doing in our goddess path a lot of embodiment practices so we can we can prepare the ground, we can become fertile ground for love to trickle through and do its work. Just like that. Doll in the pocket. Let me do it. Let me do it. And this is an edge that we can we can um, easily avoid because we have become identified with we're doing it ourselves. <laughs> so there is an aspect of our goddess practice and goddess path that is has to do with receptivity. Practicing to receive, unclenching, and receiving is not really a doing. Yeah? It is to open yourself, to allow compassion to flow through you allow for the healing power of the goddess to flow through you and to hold the places of mistrust and doubt and fear that you will meet at that edge without pushing them away but also without jumping into the narrative that they will create this is where we are walking that edge that is presence yeah that is this present moment this breath and here she is, not as a belief, not as a lofty ideal, but as an intimacy, an intimacy that moves each one of us here, now, so uniquely experienced through each one of us and yet arising from a universal source. This is my, my first step, my step that is close in today. And I want to leave you with a little contemplation. What is your first step? What is the, the step you don't want to take? Perhaps you don't think it's important enough or maybe you look at, at the second or the third step. I just invite you to come even closer in. What is your first step? Where is your energy moving you right now? And take that step and make that your offering to the living goddess. Make that your imperfect, messy, unfinished, perfect offering to her. I promise you it's a food that she will, she will, uh, devour with a great pleasure. And the second contemplation is just to remember the doll in the pocket and, uh, and let love do it. And let love do it. Thank you for listening to Living Goddess. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast with a friend and follow, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.